I feel, not only do I feel good in my spirit and uh, in my soul, I feel good in my body today too. And that's a, that's a good thing. I am getting my strength back. And, uh, you know, last Sunday, last Sunday we, we, uh, I preached. And, of course, that was the first time I'd preached in a couple of weeks to three weeks. And, you know, just had, was recovering and had, you know, come through the, the COVID thing. Still was really kind of weak and uh, a little short-winded. And, uh, but we made it through. Wednesday night was better, and I'm expecting today to be better. I'm getting my strength back, getting, our, getting, my, getting my wind back, amen? And, uh, you know, if you're going to preach, you've got to have some wind. If you're going to preach, you know, uh, the way I do, I know I, I try my best, you know. Like last Sunday, I said I was going to take it easy and, and be calm, and I try my best, but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. Amen. Open your Bibles. You got your Bibles today? Your Bibles uh, or your Bible on a device or your phone or iPad, whatever. I'm going to invite you to open them this morning to the book of Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Amen. We will eventually, listen, we will eventually get back into um, uh, the book of, of Mark. I haven't forgotten where we are, and uh, we'll get back into Mark chapter 13 in a couple of weeks, maybe next week, maybe the following week. Who knows? God does, and amen. We've got till the rapture to, to, to finish it out. Amen. I know we've been there a long time. We started in Mark chapter 1, and we've come through to Mark through the 12th chapter, and, uh, of course, we've had cl- shutdowns and different things that have taken place. But uh, we'll get her, we'll, we will get her done. Amen? But this morning, I felt impressed. And the Holy Spirit uh, laid this passage upon my heart. So if you have your Bibles, go to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. And I'm going to begin reading with verse 17. And I didn't give them any... any I'm still trying to get my... my everything back together. I forgot to give them the scriptures. But anyway, Acts chapter 20, and I'm reading from the King James this morning, beginning with verse 17, and it says this, And from Miletus he, speaking of the Apostle Paul, sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. This was actually the very first pastor's conference that we find in the Bible where Paul comes to Miletus and he sends word to Ephesus calls the elders, the pastors of the Ephesian church to Miletus to give them some words of encouragement. And when they were come to him, he said to them, You know, from the first day that I came to Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. Now we go through different seasons in our life. And Paul was saying here that no matter what season he happened to be going through, whether it was good times or bad times, he said to these elders here, these pastors, he said, you know from the first day that I've been with you how I've conducted myself, what manner I've been with you in all seasons. And Paul was a man, he was an individual that no matter what season in life, 
life he was going through, he always maintained joy and praise and faith. Amen? Praise God. All right. Are you with me? Okay, he said 19, verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations. Notice that. The word temptations, there means trials, adversity, and affliction. So he said, I've served the Lord with many tears, with many afflictions, trials, and adversity, which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but I have showed you and I have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, notice this in verse 22, and now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me or awake me. Paul is saying, I don't know for sure what's going to happen when I get to Jerusalem, but he said, I do know one thing that the Holy Spirit has told me it's going to be a rough time. It's going to be difficult. But notice verse 24. He says, but in spite of all of that, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear to myself, so that I might finish my course, or finish my race with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And I want to preach to you this morning on that thought from verse 24, but none of these things move me. Thank you, Father, for this 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 time of fellowship together, time to be in the presence of God for this group that has come together this morning to worship you. And I'm asking you to help me today to to say what you want me to say and to be an encouragement to this body of believers to speak, Lord, the oracles of God. And I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit and we give you praise for what you are doing in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. How many of you all would agree? I think most everyone here is saved this morning. And so if you are saved, you've at one time been unsaved. Nobody was born saved, amen. But how many of you all that are saved today would agree that the greatest life that anyone could live is to live for Jesus Christ, to be a Christian, Amen. You, you agree with that? To know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Because I believe with all my heart today that to live for Jesus, to live for the Lord, to be a true born-again Christian is a life of ultimate fulfillment. Living a Christian life is a life of excitement. It's a life of joy. It's a life of victory. And it is a life of 
blessing. Would you agree with that? Doesn't mean that we won't ever have trials and afflictions and troubles and problems. I've made that statement before. We're not exempt from that. But there is an excitement and a joy and a peace and a victory in living for Jesus Christ that you cannot find anywhere else or in any other place. The alcoholic is looking for that. The drug addict is looking for that. The world is looking for that kind. They're, they're trying everything to find that excitement and joy and fulfillment that only comes in our life through being saved and knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. And amen. I'm glad to be saved today. Can I get an amen? And so the Apostle Paul, I believe, as, as we read and study his life, as we read, you know, uh, in the book of Acts of his life and through his epistles that he has written, I believe that Paul uh, was the greatest and is the greatest example of Christianity that we have in the Bible. I believe that God made Paul that great example of Christianity. And he shows us, when you study the life of Paul, Paul's life shows us what it means to be 100% sold out and all out for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that every single one of us today should have that same desire, and that's to be 100% for the Lord Jesus Christ. Totally committed, consecrated, and sold out and dedicated to Christ. And so here in Acts chapter 20, Paul is on his way to Jerusalem and he knows that when he gets there it's been testified to him the Holy Spirit has spoken on a, on a number of different occasions giving Paul um, giving Paul a warning of what was going to happen the Holy Spirit never told him not to go to Jerusalem as we'll see here he was bound in the Spirit and compelled by the Spirit that God wanted him to go to Jerusalem but nevertheless the Holy Spirit also warned him and admonished him that there was going to be some difficulties that he would face when he did get to Jerusalem. And uh, so, so Paul knows that when he gets there, that trouble is awaiting him. He said in verse 23 that the Holy Spirit testifies saying that chains and tribulation await me when I get to Jerusalem. But even though, you know, that would, have, that would have shook a lot of us up and we would have said, well, if it's going to be a bad deal when I get there, I'll go somewhere else. I'm not going to go where there's going to be problem. I'm going to avoid that. But that wasn't what Paul did. Yet, in, in spite of that fact and in the face of that fact that trouble awaited him, yet Paul, the apostle Paul, was undeterred and he was unshaken in his determination to do what God had called him to do, to continue to live for the Lord. And so in the midst of what he's facing, in the midst of every trial Paul had been through, the thing that he had already faced, the troubles that he had already had, and what was yet ahead of, for him, Paul says, makes that statement. 
in verse number 24 and says, even though there's trials out there, there's afflictions ahead, there's troubles that await wait me, and I know that it's coming, he said, but none of these things move me. What a statement that is, ladies and gentlemen. Paul was saying this. This is what this was the determination and the commitment that he had here. He said, I am going to live for Jesus. I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to follow the Lord regardless of the opposition, regardless of the hard times, no matter what I have to face in this life, none of the problems or trials or sickness or affliction or anything else that comes my way, none of that is going to deter me, none of that is going to stop me, none of that is going to move me off of my faith and my commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and to do His will. And ladies and gentlemen, to amen that. Praise God. That is the same commitment that I want in my life and that every single one of us need to have today to be able to say with Paul, none of these things move me. I am going on with the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. I love what David said in Psalm 16 and 8. David made kind of the same statement. And he said, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand I shall not be moved remember the whole song we used to sing uh, you know the old hymn I shall not be I shall not be moved just like a tree that's planted by the waters I shall not be moved amen that's what David was saying that's what Paul was saying that needs to be your testimony our testimony today that none of these things that we've been through none of the things that we will go through none of these things will move us off of our faith. Now Paul here in this passage and in this text, Paul had a sense. You can see here that he has a sense, first of all, of destination. He knew where he was going. Are you with me? He said in verse 22, he said now he said to these this group of pastors, he said, "Now I am going to Jerusalem. He wasn't wondering about what he was going to do. He had already he had already heard from God and he knew where he was going and he had a goal in his life and he had a sense of direction of what God wanted him to do. You know, I'm amazed today how many Christians do not have that sense of direction. They're just kind of living their life kind of willy-nilly, not knowing what they're going to do or where they're going to go. I, I believe God wants us to have a sense of direction in our life and to be led by the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all know today that God has a plan for your life. 
Amen? I mean, you're not just going through life here saying, well, you know, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. God has a specific plan for your life. For those that are not saved, he has the, the first thing in the plan of God for their life is they get born again. And after you get born again, God has a plan laid out for your life. And you know what? You've got to, you've got to do some, some praying and you've got to do some seeking the Lord and you've got to find the will of God for your life and have that sense of direction and be led by the Spirit of God. He has a plan and he has a purpose and he has a will for your life that he wants you to follow. And I can tell you this, that Jeremiah 29, 11 and other verses also tell us that the plan that God has for you as a believer is a good plan. The purposes that he has for your life are good. How many knows that God is a good God? Amen. He wants to do you good. Every good gift and perfect gift comes down from the heavenly Father. So he wants to do you good. He wants to not harm you. He wants to give you a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11 says he's got a purpose for your life that you can have an expected end, that you can and have a hope in the future. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. None of us as believers should be afraid or fearing what the future may hold. We've got to know that God has got us, that he is guiding us, that we are following him, and that if we follow the will of God, do you know that the safest place, the safest place in this world to be is to be in the center of God's will for or your life and following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'd hate to be out of the will of God. Amen? So you've got to get in the, the will of God, follow the plan of God, and know, have a sense of where God is taking you. Now there's kind of a paradox here because there was a certainty that Paul had but then right on the other hand, there was also an uncertainty that he had. Do you notice that? He said, I know where I'm going, but I don't know for sure what's ahead. Are you with me? Verse 22, he said, you know, he said, I'm going, I'm bound in the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. But notice he said, but not knowing I know where God is leading me. I know where the Spirit is taking me. I know what God wants me to do. But then on the other hand, I don't know exactly the things that are going to happen to me when I get there. Does that make any sense? Seems like a paradox. You know, I, I, I've got a plan and a destination, but yet I don't know. I know what to do, but then don't know what's going to happen in the future. And you know what? I'm glad that we don't know everything that's going to happen in the future. The Bible says, Proverbs, in the book of Proverbs, it said, I think it's 27 and 1, do not boast yourself about tomorrow because you don't know, we don't know what a day is going to bring forth. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, and neither do you. But one thing I do know is I'm going to follow the Lord. Come on, somebody. He didn't know the details of what was ahead for him, 
the thing that Paul did know was that there was trouble ahead. Oh boy, you're going to shout now, ain't you? He said, I don't know everything that's, that's awaiting me at Jerusalem, but I do know this. It's going to include some problems. It's going to include some trouble. I don't know the details of tomorrow, but I do know this, that somewhere along the line, we're going to face some problems. We're going to go through some rough times. We have already been through some difficult times and some rough times. Every one of us, can you agree with that? Have we not? We've all been through some stuff. But you know what? Hallelujah. There's going to be some other problems that arise and some troubles that we face. And I don't, I don't know the details about tomorrow, but I can tell you this much. I, I, I may not know everything that's going to happen, but I'm not going to live my life in fear of tomorrow. Amen. I'm not going to be moved. And Paul said, that's what he was saying here. I don't know what, a, what abides me at Jerusalem. I know the Holy Spirit has said there's going to be some difficulties, but he said, none of these things move me. See, God doesn't want us to live our life in fear and worry and anxiety about the future because God is already in the future and no matter what you and I will face in the future, God has got it. Come on, somebody. He's with us. Hallelujah. We are children of God. And and I'm glad that he doesn't give us all the details of life, but he does say this in Deuteronomy 33, 25. We don't know what's going on, going to happen tomorrow, but God did say that as our days, so shall our strength be. Amen. That no matter what I face tomorrow, his, uh, he, he, underneath, that verse there in, in Deuteronomy 33 also says, underneath are the everlasting arms. Oh, what a fellowship. What a joy divine. I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, what blessedness. And oh, what peace is mine. I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. As whatever I have to face tomorrow, whatever you have to face tomorrow, as our days, God said, so will our strength be. Amen? I may not know what the future holds, but I can tell you I do know who holds the future. Amen? And because of that, that I know that God is already in tomorrow, I can say none of these things, not one trial, not one test, not one problem, not one affliction, nothing that the enemy can throw my way is going to move me off of my faith and my standing in Jesus Christ. I refuse to allow the enemy to stop me. Amen. That's got to be the determination that we have. David said, in a time of uncertainty in Psalm 31:15, my times, O Lord, are in your hand. So you got to believe that today. That our life and our times, everything about us. You, you, do you understand something this morning, saints, that God, 
your heavenly Father, is planning the details of your life. And as I've already said, He has a good plan for you. And when God's planning the details of your life, and you're in the center of His will, and you love Him, and you're living for Him, we do have the promise that He causes and will cause all things to work together for our good. Romans 8, 28. And Paul said this wasn't something he just thought maybe might be so, but he said, and we know that all things work together for the good to them who love the Lord and to them who are the called according to His purpose. I didn't say that all things in your life would be good. It didn't say that at all. But it does. God's just got a way, ladies and gentlemen, of taking, if you will follow Him, if you will trust Him, if you will believe Him, He's got a way of taking the bad things that happen in our life and, and, and things that look devastating and bringing good out of it, bringing something good. See, that's what we need to be looking for. Instead of looking for the bad all the time, we need to be looking for for the good that God is going to bring out of that bad situation. Amen? Joseph said the same thing in the book of Genesis after he had been through all that he had went through and the, 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 the slavery and the prison and everything, being sold by his brothers. And when he finally came face to face with his brothers, and, and he was the prime minister of Egypt. And, and they thought he was going to now get even with them for what they had done to him. And Joseph told him, said, don't be afraid of me. He said, because what you did to me, you meant it for evil. Oh, hallelujah. But he said, but God meant it for good. Hallelujah. See, 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 the devil, the devil's meaning evil in your life. He wants to bring harm into your life. He wants to destroy us and destroy your life. Amen. <clears throat> and he'll do anything and everything he can to try to do that, to try to get you to quit, to try to get you to stop, to try to get you to give up. But I'm telling you what, I still believe today that anything that the devil meant for evil and brings in my life to mean for evil God is able and only God can do this are you hearing I said only God can do this God can take that which was meant for my demise and my destruction and my evil and, and evil in my life and God can turn it into good hallelujah hallelujah he can turn the thing around so none of these things move me Hallelujah. He's able to take, he's even able to take a curse and turn it into a blessing. Can I get an amen? He has, Paul had a sense of destination. He knew where he was going, but yet he didn't know exactly everything that was going to happen on this dest in this destination. I've got a destination. You've got a destination. We know where we're headed. Come on, somebody. We're headed to Jerusalem, but not the one across the, 
you know, not the one in Israel. We're heading to one, this, that heavenly Jerusalem. I've got a destination. I've got a sense today that the Holy Ghost is leading us. And we may come through some deep waters and go through some difficult times, but can I, can I get a witness from you today that in the midst of all that, even though we don't know what's ahead for us, God is going to take every situation if we will continue to live for Him and work it for our good. You've got to believe that. But Paul secondly had a life of dedication. He said, I go bound in the Spirit. Paul was not moved by the trouble that he knew was ahead because he was totally dedicated and committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Paul's, Paul's desire was to do the will of God and nothing else. And he was bound in the Spirit to do that, to be obedient to God. He was compelled. <clears throat> One translation said that he was obligated by the Spirit. He knew that God had a race for him to run, and he was compelled to run that race. This was his dedication, to run that race and to finish that race. Come on, amen? See, he was, he was, he was dedicated to finishing the race that he began. He said, none of these things move me. In verse 24, listen to this. So that I might, this is why I'm not going to be moved. This is why I'm not going to be deterred. This is why I'm not quitting. Because I have got to finish my race with joy. I'm not going to finish this race with gloom and doom. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to run this race and finish this race with sadness under some juniper tree somewhere. Paul said, I'm going to finish this race that I've begun with the joy of the Lord. I'm not going to be moved by the circumstances. I'm on this road to heaven. I'm in this race. And I'm going to, by the help and grace of God, finish my race, finish my course. He compares the Christian life. Last Sunday I talked about Paul being a sports fan and talked about wrestling and boxing and, and, and what have you. But Paul, you know, all through the Scripture, compares the Christian life to a race. He said in Hebrews 12, you know, he said, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and let us run with, with, with endurance the race that's set before us. So we're in a race. The Christian life is a race. It's not a, and I'm going to tell you something about this race. It's not a 100-yard dash or a 50-yard dash. It's not a sprint. But the race that we're in, this race that you are in, this course that you're running is, it's a marathon. Amen? It's a marathon, hallelujah. It's a cross-country race. It's not, amen, it's not just running 50 yards and, and then it's over with. This is a lifetime race that you and I are in, amen? And so he compares that to a race. It's a long-distance run. And I don't know if any of y'all here have ever done any long-distance running. I can tell you I have not. I choose not to. Amen? 
Um, we, freshman year in high school, I had PE first hour, and, and Coach Estes, the very first thing, out of the chute, didn't matter how cold it was, we were on the track, running the track. I didn't care for that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. But uh, it, is a, it is a race that is a marathon. It's a long-distance run, and you know that a long-distance run requires endurance. It, inquire, it requires stamina. Now, I might be able to take off right here and run. I don't know, good or not, but run from here to the road, run from here to the highway. <laughs> I, might, I might be able to endure that, but I, I tell you what, no, I couldn't do no cross-country stuff. I, I, there's, there would be no reason at all for me to ever, to ever get into one of these 5K runs or to get into a, a, some kind of a marathon race because, you know, when it comes to that, I don't physically have the endurance in some of it. And that's not something you can just do. You know, well, you're, you're a couch potato all, t- all the time, and then all of a sudden you jump up and say, I'm going to get in this 5K run. Praise God. You know, it's something that you have to you have to build yourself up to. Amen? But 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 my point is this. When, when it comes to the Christian race, when it comes to a marathon, how many hundreds and hundreds of people are there that, that enter the Boston Marathon every year? When you see that, you, you know, you see them start. Um, I mean, there's hundreds, maybe thousands of people that start. But you know what? The majority of those who start that marathon, that Boston Marathon, the majority of them don't finish. There's only a few that finish. Amen? I want to be one in this race of for Jesus Christ. I want to be one that like Paul says, none of the things that stand in my way, none of the opposition or hindrance can move me or stop me because I'm in this race and I'm in it for the, for the long haul and I'm going to finish it. It's going to take some endurance and it's going to take some stamina and it's going to take some, some, some faith and some fortitude. But how many of y'all know that we got a God today that will give us the strength to run this race and to finish this course and to make it through hallelujah we're not gonna fall by the wayside we've got to have a determination we've got to have a dedication and we will make it to the other side and finish our race with joy can I get an amen Woo! I'm getting too worked up Amen. Satan tries his best to wear us down, to wear us out. Paul was saying, there's nothing going to move me. I've, got a, I've still got a race to be running. No matter what, I'm going to have to face in Jerusalem the trials, the afflictions, the trouble that may lie ahead. No matter what, I'm pressing toward the goal, toward the mark. Remember what he told that Philippian church? He said, this one thing I do. I'm not trying to multitask, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind. Listen, we've been through some rough times. This year, I'm ready to forget 2020. Come on, somebody. 
Praise God. I'm not going to live in what's happened in this year for the rest of my life. I'm going to do like Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forth, reaching forth to that which is ahead, to the goal that's in front of me. He said, I press toward the mark for the prize. That mark was the goal. He said, I've got my eye on the finish line. I don't care what's happening behind me. You can't, you can't effectively run a race constantly looking over your shoulder. You can't drive a car looking in the rear view mirror all the time. Do you understand why the windshield is bigger than the rear view mirror? Because you just glance in the rear view mirror once in a while just to see what's back there, but you're gazing out of the windshield looking for what's ahead. I'm in this race. My eyes on the goal. My eyes on heaven. My eyes on what God has got for us in the future. And I'm running with endurance and I refuse to be moved or to be stopped. Woo, glory, hallelujah. Amen. Satan tries to wear you down. He tries to wear you out. Daniel said it that, 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 they, that he, speaking to the Antichrist, Daniel said that he, that he wear, wore out, would wear out the saints. The enemy's trying to wear us down, trying to wear us out, trying to get us to quit, trying to get us to stop. But you've got to make up your mind. Hallelujah, that you're going to make it through and not just be one of those that starts the race. Anybody can start it, but it takes something to finish it. So say it today. Make this your declaration. Hallelujah, that I am determined that none of these things, none of what happens, none of what has happened or will happen is going to move me, but I will finish the race. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've come too far come too far you've come too far we've come too far to stop to quit or to even look back we got to focus on what's ahead God has got something better ahead are there still going to be some trials in our life yeah are there still going to be some struggles yeah but glory to God He's still there ahead of us and he's got something good that's waiting. I don't know what. I don't know how. Amen. It's that, it's that same thing Paul, Paul was saying. I don't know what for sure what's ahead, but I do know this, that God's got a plan. Hallelujah. Amen. And if you'll wait upon the Lord. I love Isaiah 40. You know where he says, even the young men shall faint and be weary. But he said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles and they shall run. And see, here's what we need. And they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. What is that? It's an exchange of, of your weakness for God's strength, a renewal of your strength. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'll admit it to you right now, I've needed God to renew my strength. Have you needed some, some renewal of your strength, not just physically, 
physically, but that spiritual strength and stamina and endurance. And as we wait upon the Lord, as we come into His presence, as we worship Him, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, God will give us a refreshing. God will give us a renewing. I'm believing God for a refilling and a refreshing of His Holy Spirit that He will give to everyone here at Abundant Life. And I'm going to say this. I don't know what the future holds, but praise God, nothing's going to move us. And our best days are still ahead by the help and the grace of God. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I got to close. Paul came to the end of that road. He wrote the last letter that he wrote was to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said that he fought a good fight. He said, I'm, I've come to the end, of, the end of my race, Timothy. He said, I'm now ready to be offered up. Paul was in prison in Rome. He was facing execution. He was on death row. And Paul, writing to Timothy, the last words that he would ever write to him, said, I'm ready to be offered now. And he said, the time of my departure is at hand. He said, I'm getting ready to leave here. You know, I always, when I use this verse in funerals, Christians that have died, when he said, the time of my departure is at hand, anytime you have a departure, you got to have an arrival. Amen? When you go to the airport, you know, and you're sitting out there on that cell phone lot waiting for somebody's flight to come in, and they, they got the departures and the arrivals. And anytime there's a departure, you're going somewhere. There will be an arrival somewhere. And that's what Paul was saying here. My departure is at hand. But he said, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, Timothy, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my race. And I have kept the faith. Hallelujah. They led Paul to that executioner's chopping block that day. And as Paul laid his his head down on that chopping block. The big Roman soldier executioner brought that, brought that big axe up and came down and severed the head of this great man of God. The greatest, as I said, the greatest example of Christianity we have in the Bible. And he took the head of this great apostle. They, as Brother John said, they whacked him. They whacked his head off, amen, and they thought, well, that's the end of him. That's the end of Paul. But you know what? They did not know was as soon, the very instant that the apostle Paul's head was severed from his body, he crossed 
the finish line of his race. Oh, hallelujah. I'm about to shout. Come on, somebody. That race that he was in, that race that he was enduring, that race that he was, that he was persevering in, that finish line that he had his eye on, that, that he said, I'm staying in the race and nothing's going to remove me and nothing's going to stop me. When that axe fell and the very second his head was severed, he broke the tape of that, of that finish line and crossed the goal and was in the presence of Almighty God. I'm telling you, we're going to make it, church. We're going to run this race. Hallelujah. We're going to cross that finish line. We're going to break that tape in glory and we're going to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Well, lift your hands and praise the Lord. Worship team, you can make your way back. We've got to have a sense of destination. We've got to have a determination. A determination. How determined are you today to stay in the race? To not be moved, to not quit. Folks, I, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I haven't had the temptation from the enemy to just say, well, what's the use? You know, you take one step forward and two back. Anybody ever felt that way? Huh? The, the, the enemy's always there to say, well, what's the use? Just, you know... Forget it. We have those temptations, but ladies and gentlemen, today, church, abundant life, I am determined. I am determined. God, oh, hallelujah. And it's not just me making up my own mind. It's from the Holy Spirit. He has given me today. That's where that determination has got to come from. He's given me a determination to stay with it. Let me tell you, I started this race a long time ago. And I set out to live for Jesus. And I made up my mind to live for Jesus. And to live a clean life and a holy life. And a dedicated life. And an uncompromised life and I'm not going to change the way I preach and I'm not going to compromise the gospel no matter who's here and who's not come on amen I've made up my mind and God set me on this track on this track and he's got me running for him amen and 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 through many trials we go through and tears we go through but God by the grace of God my determination is none of these things will move me you've got to have that determination and make it today. I want to encourage you to do that and say, Lord, by your spirit and help and grace, nothing I face will move me. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to turn around. I'm not going to lose heart. I'm not going to faint. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we do not faint. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. Nothing is going to stop me by God's help. If you drop out of the race, if everybody drops out of the race and turns back, and if everybody leaves and all I got to preach to is Vicky, and she ain't even in here this morning. I won't be moved. 
I won't quit by God's help and grace. If all the devils in hell try to hinder me, they will not stop me. If all the devils in hell try to stop this church, they cannot stop the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. Amen? None of these things move me. I want to cross that finish line. I want to cross that finish line. Hallelujah. Paul said in verse 24, is this my second closing? I'm circling the runway. Paul said in verse 24 that he wanted to testify. Here's the reason he was going on. He was determined. He was dedicated to reach that destination. So he said this, I'll not be moved. I'll not be moved by anything so that I can testify to the gospel of the grace of God. You got to have a test before you can have a testimony. And he said, I'm going on to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul had a testimony. He had a wonderful story to tell. And I believe that we're going to be able to testify, you're going to be able to testify that His grace is sufficient. Why should we be discouraged, folks? Why should we let things get us down and we all do? Why should we be worried and afraid? Why should we get under that juniper tree and feel sorry for ourselves? We do, even the great prophet of God, Elijah, did. But we can't stay there. We can't stay there. I believe in the future, the near future, that we're going to have something to shout about all the way to the gates of glory. Hallelujah. That we will testify of His grace. Sister Denise will look back on 2020 and say, you remember... When that, what was that thing called? Oh, uh, COVID, Corona something. What was it called? Uh, amen. Remember, remember when that hit everybody and how God brought us through and how God brought us out? Praise God. We'll have a testimony. Amen. I can think back over the last 17 years since we began this church, since God planted this church, stuff we've been through that at the moment and at the time it looked like this is it. This is the end. This is going to stop us. This is going to end it. But how God came on the seed and turned things around and brought us on through and we're here today brother Dave we're here today to testify to the grace of God to the good news of the grace of God that God's grace is sufficient and God will see us through and I'm telling you we're every one of us going to have a testimony that nothing was able to stop us and God's grace saw us through. Amen? Amen. Let's stand today. Praise God. I'm quitting. I'm stopping. Hallelujah. Oh, let's just lift our hands and praise Him today. Ladies and gentlemen, stay strong. Remember the old, probably the greatest hymn ever written, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound 
that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found was blind, but now I see. And he goes on in that song. It says, Through many dangers, toils and snares, I have, we have already come. His grace has brought us safe thus far. And listen to me. His grace will lead us home. We're going to go on. And nothing's going to stop the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that is determined to make heaven and to do the will of God. Amen. Worship team sing. Let's worship the Lord. Give Him praise and thank Him. Make that dedication and that commitment to Him today.